Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast, brought to you by HarperCollins Publishers. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Hi, it's Lainey with the Library Love Fest marketing team, and today we have a special episode of Editors Unedited, and we are joined by Emily Crump, so I'm going to let her take it away. Hi, I'm Emily Crump. I'm a senior editor at William Morrow, and I specialize in mysteries and women's fiction, anything that people are going to want to talk about. And I am so excited to be here today because I have my very good friend and um, author, Lori Rader Day, with me, and she is the Edgar-nominated author of Under a Dark Sky. She won the Anthony Award for The Black Hour and The Day I Died, and the Mary Higgins Clark Award for her novel Little Pretty Things. Um, she's originally from Indiana, but now lives in Chicago. She is the National Vice President of Sisters in Crime and will become the National President of Sisters in Crime in October 2019. She is also the co-chair of the Murder and Mayhem Mystery Readers Conference in Chicago. Lori, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So we are super excited about a number of things that Lori has going on here at Morrow. Um, tomorrow, we will be going to the Edgar Awards for Under a Dark Sky, fingers crossed. Um, but we also have a new book coming up called The Lucky Ones, which will be out in February 2020. Um, Lori, would you tell us a little bit about The Lucky Ones and where the idea came from? Um, well, the idea came from my neighbor. I live in Chicago where the houses are close together, so you kind of have to get to know your neighbors, whether you like it or not. And uh, a new cute family moved in next door to me, and talking to the mother and her two-year-old daughter over the fence, uh, back fence one day, uh, we talked about how we didn't like the fence. It's an ugly chain link and kind of low to the ground. And I said we could, you know, we could talk about replacing it together. And she said, oh, that's great because I hate this fence. It's way too low. Someone could just reach over and pick up my daughter. And I said, wow, I had never thought of that uh, being a problem. And here I am, the, the dark story writer. And she said, oh, that's because I was kidnapped as a child. Um, at which point I stopped her and said, you just became the protagonist of my next novel. I hope that's okay. And she's pretty cool with it, actually. So um, the lucky one is about... Um, a woman who was kidnapped as a child returns safely to her family the same day. All, all is well. Um, but she feels like she, uh, you know, she was the lucky one. She got away. So she volunteers with a website uh, that tries to find missing people long, missing people cold cases. And uh, one day she sees a face on the site, and it's her kidnapper. So she decides to, uh, to look into that a little bit and maybe get some justice. So Lori, for those of you who have not read her before, has um, the, a wonderful ability to research. And she has included some really interesting careers in previous novels. Um, and there is some interesting background that happens in The Lucky Ones as well. Laura, can you tell us a little bit about those niche um, worlds that you have 
researched and why you're so intrigued to learn about these small, interesting cultures that other people might not know about? Oh, I just, I love um, the things that people get obsessed about. So, um, you know, I'm obsessed with mysteries. I mean, that's that's an easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everybody is. They have other things that they're interested in. So I love finding a new subculture that I had no idea existed. Um, for the lucky one, I um, I found the, the real amateur sleuths, the people who actually, you know, we write these stories about amateur sleuths, but these are the people who really live lives where they are trying to solve mysteries and crimes that have happened uh, long, sometimes long before they were even born. Um, and so I was intrigued by uh, this group of people. There's a book, a nonfiction book about that subculture, um, which I wish I could remember the title of right now. Um, but it's a fantastic book, so that's just one of the many books that I've read for um, The Lucky One. In the past, I've written about um, uh, young women on uh, like distance running sports teams, um, something that I did not do and had to research, um, or me think handwriting uh, handwriting experts yeah I I did not have any idea dark sky communities yeah Every, everybody is a nerd for something and I love finding uh, new things that people are nerds for and writing about um, their obsession and their and how they they sort of center their lives around things that I had no idea was a thing the dark sky enthusiasts are really really cool. I mean, some of them are just really like backyard telescope watchers, but some of them are really serious about it. And it's fantastic. So you said um, at the beginning that you are obsessed with mysteries. How did you get to, how did you get hooked on mysteries and how did you start writing mysteries? Uh, those are two separate questions. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do the reader one first. Um, so I, I was a mystery reader from a long time back. I read Encyclopedia Brown and Lois Duncan. Those were my early, early, early favorites. And then um, in mystery. And then when I had read everything in the children's section of my library, the librarian sent me upstairs to the adult section, except I was only 12 years old and I knew that I was no adult. And so I was worried they were going to send me right back downstairs or... You know, there was no uh, middle spot, so I would be, you know, shunned from the library forever, and the library meant everything to me. So uh, I was nervous, and I didn't want to, you know, catch anyone's attention, so I ducked into the first room in the adult section I could find, and that was the mystery section. So I found Agatha Christie and Mary Higgins Clark, and I just basically never left, which isn't actually true. I, when, as a writer, I, I never really considered myself a mystery writer. I just wrote short stories. They were just mainstream or, you know, listen to the air quotes here, literary. Um, And then when I was in my MFA program, one of my short stories got pretty long. And um, my teacher said, oh, that's because it's a novel. Keep writing. Um, So I tried to. I wasn't really sure what I was doing until I went to a fellowship program where um, when I arrived, they had put me into the mystery group. Uh, which was a shock to me because I was not writing a mystery as far as I knew. I had not really been thinking along the lines of being a crime writer at all. But the teacher, who was um, an Indiana crime writer named Terrence Faraday, who's a really great writer, said, uh, there's a crime in your first 10 pages. Are you going to solve it? Because if you solve it, that's probably a mystery. I mean, maybe. You know, just get, just keep it in mind. And But it made so much sense to me. And as soon as I heard that, I knew how to finish that story, how to make that uh, a novel. That novel actually became The Day I Died many years later. 
This sort of leads me into another idea that I had as I was reading The Lucky One. We're, we're still working on it now. It's still very much in the early stages, but there was a line that stood out to me that I really loved, and so I pulled it. Um, it's when the main character, Alice, says to someone else, this reminds me of a story my dad tells about construction. You know, how the little daily projects that don't seem like much still add up to the cathedral. You're putting down the stones or you're building a cathedral. It's all in perspective. The skyscraper or the six-story parking structure, I suppose. Either way, you have to put down the foundation. And this really struck me because it seems like really good advice to writers as well. And I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about that idea of building a foundation and how how it applies for you. Uh, the the putting down bricks, I mean, that's kind of what it feels like <laughs> to try to write a novel. Um, you know, you don't sit down one day and just write a novel. You have to do the daily work, the, the scut work a lot of times, um, the little bit of pieces here and there to build uh, the larger project. The foundation for me, I don't write every day, I wish I could say that, um, but I do like to keep in the story by, by thinking about whatever project I'm working on every day. Um, and that's the foundation. The foundation is keeping in the story so that I keep that voice and I keep the, the main idea, the bigger idea, the cathedral in mind, even as all I'm doing is putting down bricks. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bricks. Emily. Well, there's a lot of bricks, <laughs> and you have to be willing to put some bricks down and then sort of see if they look good and see if they work. You're going to knock down some bricks for me, aren't you, I Emily? I sometimes knock down some bricks, but then <laughs> I think that they, if we just shuffle them around and put them in new and interesting places. Um, one of the things that um, I particularly love about this book, The Lucky Ones, is that it has really strong female characters in it, and these are women who I think are so relatable, but they're really going on a journey at the same time. Um, and that seems to be a recurring theme for you as well. And I think it also is recurring when we look at your work outside of your writing, when we look at things like Sisters in Crime. And I, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about why that's something important for you to write about. Um. I have to say, as a writer, you don't often get to choose what you write about. Um, this is I feel like the story chooses me. And apparently this is one of the stories I like to talk about. I like to talk about people becoming themselves. They're, they're maybe um, deep into a life, but they haven't really figured out who they really are yet. Um, and so I like to tell the story of how they go from one perspective to the other. They, they learn about themselves and they become who they were really meant to be. Uh, and it's not, they're not necessarily heroic people. They're just, you know, more themselves. Um, and I, I like writing about women, um, strong women, weak women, women who um, are definitely making bad choices, some of them. Um, but they, you know, they're doing what they have to do to survive and they are figuring it out. And, and in this book, I think it's a lot about figuring it out together with other women. That's one of the things that's happening here is that we, um, and also in Little Pretty Things, that we don't always support other women, but it's so much better when we, when we do. We all get so much from it when we do. Well, that's a really interesting 
comment too because the characters in this book are, are building up a tenuous friendship and they're all they all seem to be a little scared to really trust each other um, but once they do trust one another they seem so fulfilled by it and I think that's a really nice commentary on how women sometimes forget to work together but when they do it's much more rewarding much more fruitful and they might even solve a case they might even solve a mystery Amazing. There's also a little bit of a true crime um, aspect in this story. Have you been listening to a lot of true crime podcasts or reading a lot of true crime books? What What have you been kind of looking at in that in that realm? I have definitely been reading a lot of true crime um, books. The Skeleton Crew is about um, real life amateur sleuths. It's a nonfiction book, and it's really fantastic. Um, I've read a book about the Green River Killer. I've read a book about, oh, I've read uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara, which is fantastic. Um, Lots of books like that. I really have been enjoying, in a weird way, uh, reading about true crime. This is obviously a novel. It is not a true crime story, but it's um, based in, you know, people who actually are amateur sleuths. That's what Alice is doing as a volunteer for her website. Mm-hmm. Um, to do the research, I did a lot of true crime research about um, a disappearance from my neighborhood when I was a kid. And I, I did not work that story into the novel, but I worked on the research on that story to figure out what kinds of information I could find and where I would find it, um, how easy it would be to find and get my hands on information, but also what isn't reported which is really um, what is sometimes surprising to me. This is, uh, this is a small detail in the book, but one of the things that I felt like I learned um, as these women are going through and solving this crime is that one of the most concrete details that you can find about a person is birth and death and marriage and stuff that is really firmly in, in the government books. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to kind of fill in the dots from there, and I thought that was a really interesting idea of what is marked in a person's life and how how we record it, because there's so much that happens in between those right. really significant mile markers. But those are the ones that are sort of institutionally recorded, and exactly. so you can get your hands on it. It's fascinating. It is. It's totally fascinating. Well, one of the other things I always love to ask authors is and you're a number of books into this whole authoring thing now. What about the whole process surprises you? What about the whole process you find particularly interesting in publishing a book? Hmm. One of the first things I remember being surprised by was that, you know, the process of writing the book was very much a one-woman show. Um, But then once it was in the hands of a publisher, there were all these people... I'm looking at you, Emily. Yeah, all these people. All these people. And, and I'm just like, there are all these people whose job it is to put out my book and other mm-hmm. books. And it's it was kind of culture shock in a way to have all these people touching um, my, my baby. Absolutely. But it's been fantastic because everyone everyone's job is to make it better. And so that's been really, it was surprising at first, but I, I really enjoy it now. Um, I don't know. If there's anything else I can think of that's been uh, surprising, I've been uh, really surprised by, you know, the reception uh, all four books have had so far. 
um, really um, grateful for all the attention it's had, all the help I've gotten from libraries and bookstores and the mystery community, which has, has been really generous. I think that the I think that your comment about how many people touch a book is a really really cool one because I think that's sort of the whole idea of a book is that once you write it and you share it with the world, each person's going to have a different interpretation of it. It's going to mean something different to each individual person. And once we get it outside of the publishing house and we get it outside to readers and we have a chance to talk about it and proselytize and tell everyone (laughs) that they have to read the next book, the next idea, it creates this community that is surprising and delightful. And it creates a conversation that can be really important. And it sort of ties back to the the idea of the friends and the lucky ones where they're kind of hesitant to trust each other at first. But once it all, once they bond together, it's this really cool thing. I think the reading community can kind of be like that. Thanks so much for joining me today, Lori. It's been so much fun to chat with you a little bit and hear about the older books that we all love, like Under a Dark Sky, which is for sale now and you should go get it <laughs> um, and upcoming books by Laurie Raider Day like the lucky one that will be out in February 2020 um, it's been wonderful to have a chance to chat here today and we're so excited about everything you're doing thanks for having me